Let us pray. Silence now in us any voice but your own, gracious God. And as we once again encounter the resurrection story, open our ears and our hearts and our minds and our lives and transform us that we might hear and obey and follow for Christ's sake. Amen. Our gospel lesson this morning is the resurrection account from Mark's gospel beginning at the first verse of the 16th chapter through the 8th. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man, dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. And all that had been commanded them, they told briefly to those around Peter. And afterward, Jesus himself sent out through them from east to west the sacred and imperishable proclamation of eternal salvation. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Third Presbyterian Church is engaged in two observances this year. A celebration of our 190th anniversary and a themed year called a year of stewardship. A 190th anniversary is pretty straightforward. Though it still begs the question of what you get a church when it's 190. The word stewardship, however, has a little of that insider, churchy feel to it. We quickly associate it with finances and money, and that is partially, of course, right and rightly so to do. But at a deeper level, a steward, biblically and culturally, is one who cares for something, who nurtures it so that its value grows. A land steward or a wine steward or a shop steward in a union. This year we have spoken of money, yet we have also spoken of stewardship of relationships, stewardship of legacy, stewardship of story, stewardship of values. It's a wonderful notion, I believe. 
because it helps us to be mindful of all that we have been given, the abundance of gifts we receive gratefully from a gracious God. Easter is the ultimate stewardship Sunday. Every other gift we are called to nurture flows from this gift. We just heard the Gospel of Mark's version. It is spare on the details. Through the lens of stewardship, though, images cascade over us. Three women take their valuable spices and perfumes to anoint Jesus' body, offering things of great value to care for their departed leader and friend. When they arrive that morning, the stone is already gone. They are alarmed, we are told. No kidding. A young man first assures them, and then he tells them the story. He has been raised. He is not here. Then something powerful happens. The women, the first witnesses, become the first resurrection stewards as the story is entrusted to them. They are temporarily silent for fear, and and who wouldn't be? Then they find their voices and tell the story, first to Peter, then to others, handed on and handed on across generations, even to April 1st, 2018, living into their clear vocation. A steward's call is to cultivate the story, to nurture it, and then to share it with words, with actions, with courage, with hope. Every other good thing flows from that. A resurrection abundance where all who need to hear can hear. Where a world that is broken and hurting can experience this transforming good news. The alternative to stewardship is, of course, something like hoarding, or privatizing, or burying, or even discarding. None of those will do. Think what would have happened if those three women had done that, had kept the story to themselves, or even discarded it as a different kind of April Fool's prank. But they did not. They summoned their courage, they called up resilience, they relied on one another, and they shared the story. That is our calling. No more than that, and no less. That it is a difficult calling, no less than a joyful one, is not in question. That it is needed now, perhaps, as much as ever, is also not in question. Douglas John Hall, a leading theological voice of the last generation, wrote a book several decades ago, The Steward, a Biblical Symbol Come of Age. And that book proved so popular that it has been reissued. As theologians do, Hall's language is lofty, but his point is not. A direct line between the cross, resurrection, stewardship, 
and the world. The practice of stewardship is grounded in the cross, Hall writes, and is not fully understood until it has been wholly incarnated in the life of the world. The resurrection faith of the people of the cross must mean, he says, that this world must not be abandoned, that this world is worth all the care and love and sacrifice that we can devote to it. What does that look like? Sharing the abundance of resurrection. Being stewards of the story of the empty tomb, incarnating Easter in the life of the world. Our history teaches us some lessons. Now, you know when you need to procrastinate and you tidy your desk or some other non-essential task? Well, I go to the Third Church archives. Sometimes I even call it research. So in the name of research, I found three Easter bulletins from our archives. April 5th, 1931. On that Easter morning, we sang, as we have sung this morning, Jesus Christ is risen today. Included in that bulletin, as has been this morning, was a list. Flowers adorning this sanctuary in honor and in memory of those we have loved. There was an announcement for something called a mother's and father's dinner, to which children were also invited. A guest speaker from CRCDS would be speaking on authority and obedience. And I was trying to imagine myself as an eight-year-old or my own children at that age. Gee, mom and dad, the church is having a dinner and the speaker is talking about parental authority and obedience. Can we go? Pretty please, can we go? (laughs) There was something else in that bulletin. A meeting of the Committee on Unemployment. The church itself, in the middle of the Great Depression, was matching members who needed work with those who had housekeeping and house cleaning work to offer. Think about that. Or think about Easter 1943, April 25th, right in the middle of World War II. On that Easter morning we sang, as we have sung this morning, Jesus Christ is risen today. Included in that bulletin, as has been this morning, was a list. Flowers adorning this sanctuary in honor and in memory of those we have loved. There were announcements for adult classes. Here are the titles. Conditions of a Lasting Peace. Winning the peace in Rochester, religion and politics. The very, very same issues, the permutations of religion and politics in a conflicted world that we consider today. There was also an announcement for young adult square dance, but you know, that's just what churches do sometimes. (laughs) Easter 50 years ago. April 14th, 1968. On that Easter morning, we sang, as we have sung this morning, Jesus Christ is risen today. Included in that bulletin, as has been this morning, was a list. Flowers adorning this sanctuary in honor and in memory of those we have loved. 
we received the one great hour of sharing offering. In the newsletter sent out the following week, there was notice of a memorial service held in our chapel for 2nd Lieutenant Bruce R. Archer, USMC, killed in Vietnam. And in that same newsletter was a quotation from Martin Luther King Jr. assassinated just 10 days before that Easter morning. King said, and we remembered, there was a time when the church was not merely a thermometer that recorded the ideas and principles of popular opinion. It was a thermostat that transformed the mores of society. As important as history is, and as valuable as remembering our stories can be, the point is not the history itself, which can be sentimental and nostalgic. The point is being inspired by our forebears as stewards of this great gift and to ask ourselves, how will we respond now? What will we do? How will we steward the resurrection story in our moment? We have sung, Jesus Christ is risen today. We have been blessed by the beauty of flowers while remembering all those in whose memory they are given. As our announcements remind us, we will do the things that churches do. We will nurture our faith, teach our children, care for one another, build community, because even though the culture is not always sure how it feels about organized religion these days, we also know that people are hungry for connection and finding meaning, and the church is a pretty good bet for that. Perhaps you read the New York Times piece this week by Margaret Rinkle. Easter is calling me back to the church. Rinkle writes that I love my parish, but I've always had a vexed relationship with the church. The worldly church is always a work in progress, she continues, and she is absolutely right. Still, she will be in church this morning. Because, she says, I couldn't not believe. And she admits, I do miss being part of a congregation. So she says, I will be at church again on Easter morning. I will remember the ones I loved who sat beside me in the pew and whose participation in the eternal has found another form. I will lift my voice in song and give thanks for my life. I will pray for my church and my country, especially the people my church and my country are failing. And then I will walk into the world and do my best to practice resurrection. Practicing resurrection is what we do. We who have received this story and have been called to be stewards of it we will do all those things, gather, remember, sing, pray, connect, because the stone was rolled away and a young man told three courageous women to do all those things years ago. And then, and then, we will walk into the world 
take this resurrection news from this place to all the places, all the conversations, all the relationships, all the situations where it needs to be taken. Just like those three women, confused and afraid, did that very first time. We will find our voice, our resurrection voice. We will move from the what to the why and then to the how. We will identify, as our forebears did in 1827 and 1931 and 1945 and 1968, what our crises are. Our Great Depressions, our World Wars, our Vietnams, our Civil Rights Movements and apply the promise and power of resurrection to them. Look around at the world. How will we be stewards of this gift? Guns? Racism? Poverty? Me too? Education? Douglas John Hall writes, that stewardship means our incorporation into the being and work of the one who came to serve and not be served. Says Hall, the deed springs from the gift, the gift of new life. It presupposes endowment by an abundance that must be shared by others. New life, service, abundance, our resurrection vocabulary and our resurrection invitation. May we be faithful, joyful, hopeful stewards of it, practicing resurrection, because love is come again, and Christ is risen. Alleluia. Amen.